Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Brie Logue. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Women Empower podcast. I'm your host, Brie Logue. Today, we have Kendria Johnson. She is the impactful educator. She's an author, teacher, public speaker, coach, and business owner. Originally from Dallas, Texas, she began her teaching career, fourth grade math and science. In August 2022, Kendria dropped her new book, Teacher of the Year, which is an introduction to her Teach for Life mentor program. This program will revolutionize the world of burnout teachers. It is an award-winning comprehensive program that develops stress management and life adaption skills that is specifically designed for teachers by a teacher. Her advice has been featured in Forbes Magazine 2021 out and about Abu Dhabi Magazine and Teach Middle East Magazine. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm so excited to chat. Thank you so much, Brie, for having me. Awesome. Um, so start, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing. Oh, wow. Yes. So how much time do we have? So yeah, <laughs> I've been a school, uh, I've been an educator for 20 years. I think this is my 22nd year. I've lost count after 20, year 20. Um, and around about um, the reason I, the, the, the way I got here to where I am specifically is that about halfway through my career, I fell in love with teaching early, but halfway through my career, I, I didn't love it anymore. I didn't like it. And so um, I went through a couple of steps some mental health breakdowns and some ment- actually some physical breakdowns with my with my health because I was stressed out so much. The world of teaching is not easy. And people think we get summers off and we get winter breaks and oh, you know, you get all this time off, but trust me when I tell you it's not even enough to do with the 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 amount of stress that we have to deal with. And it got to me. It got to me and 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 it got to me mentally, physically and emotionally. And I had to do some re some revamping of my life. And so I went through a series of steps and me being a teacher, when I go through something and I make it on the other side, I always go back and reach back and get someone else and try to educate people about, you know, stress related illnesses and how to deal with burnout and how to deal with, you know, this world of teaching if you want to stay in it. Because I had said, Brie, for like four years straight, I'm done. This is it. I can't do this anymore. I love the job, but I can't take the stress. It's just too much for me. And clearly I wasn't done because I said that four years in a row. And so once I went through those six steps that I, that I talk about in the book, then I, you know, I try to help other teachers get through those same steps. So now not only am I a teacher during the day at night, I'm a teacher, mentor and coach to other teachers who might be experiencing something similar to what I was experiencing halfway through my career. I try to get them over that hump because as you know, and as you know, society knows as teaching, we're losing, losing teachers at an alarming rate. And I mean, like qualified, you know, enthusiastic teachers we're losing we're losing them in the profession and it's some of these things that we go through are some are, are simple to deal with and to get through but people just don't have the keys to open the door so that's why i come in that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like teachers are definitely underappreciated for sure um i mean i can't imagine it's gonna be i like i can't deal with like just one or two kids when i go see like my nephews and stuff it's like for a couple days <laughs> I'm like, oof! I'm so tired now. Like, I don't know how people do that all the day, all day long. It's just yeah. <laughs> all the kids. It's gonna be so draining every day. Yes, it is very draining. But you know, I just I talk about self care a lot in the book. But you know, and I didn't know what that was at first. Ten years ago, I didn't know what that meant. Like self care. What does that mean? I thought that was manis and petties and spa dates. It's really not.
not. It absolutely is not. It's about putting boundaries around your peace and having, you know, rules and goals for yourself and putting yourself on the calendar and making sure that you, the same energy that you give those kids and the same energy you give your career is the same energy that you give to yourself and the people in your life that matter and the things in your life that matter, whether it be hobbies or loved ones or your marriage or, you know, your own kids, you know, teachers that we do have our own kids in our own life. But yeah, so we talk about that a lot in the book. That's great. Yeah, self-care is so mm-hmm. important. I think exactly mm-hmm. nailed it right there. It, self-care yeah. is boundaries. It's not just like these floofy things that everybody says, you know, these fun sayings on the wall. It's definitely <laughs> more like you need to be intentional about it. Yeah, being intentional about your mental health as well, taking it very seriously. I did a a, a few things. I had a, I had a coach and a mentor and I had a therapist. I had all three of those things in a, in a, uh, those people in my life in, a, in the course of like two years. And it made all the difference. And sometimes we as teachers and mothers and women don't like to ask for help. Well, I'm here as a poster child to please ask for help. <laughs> Reach out to someone if you feel like you're drowning or struggling in whatever you know phase of your life you're in. Could doesn't have to necessarily be teaching. It could be anybody who's drowning or feel like they're you know overwhelmed in their career. For sure. Mm-hmm. So... You told us a little bit about how you said for four years. So how did you actually make the leap and um, start your kind of your own coaching business? Wow. This okay. So um, the around about the time that I was experiencing my burnout, I knew that I needed to get away from the school. The environment that I was in was extremely toxic, and that's 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 the the issue sometimes we face, and not just in teaching. <laughs> but if you're going to work every day and it's draining the absolute life out of you, you got to make different choices because it's not their responsibility to be, you know, in charge of your happiness, you're in charge of that. So I put myself in charge of my own happiness. And I knew that I was in charge of what I do every day. And that me going to this toxic environment every day was causing me health problems. So what am I going to do about it? I stopped putting it on them. I stopped putting it on my boss and the people I work with and, you know, all the people in my life. No, I put it on myself. I made myself the responsibility. I said the responsible party. So I made some really drastic decisions. And these are not decisions I encourage people to make. But I also at the same time say sometimes you have to make very drastic decisions about what the things that you want. And my drastic decision, Brie, was to move overseas. I took a job teaching overseas because I believe that there were math and science teachers that were needed all over the world. And I believe that there had to be a different way of doing things when you know in in different parts of the world because i'm like the american system sometimes makes you work yourself to death and it, they, they basically program us to believe that you know well you don't get to enjoy your life until you die right, <laughs> or until your retirement <laughs> until you retire or die or close to the death in retirement i'm like that's can't, it can't be another it's got to be another system another way of doing things so when i got overseas i got off the plane i took a job overseas teaching math and science and when i got off the plane to this new country that i'm in that I've lived here now for eight years. Um, I thought everything would magically, you know, get better, just magically, just, you know, close your eyes and, you know, and and, and wish three times and, you know, click your heels. Oh, everything be great. So I, every time I tell this story, I think people are waiting on me to say, and then everything got better, right? It did not. <laughs> it did not because I came to another country. So it was another, it was a culture shock. It was a, a difference in hours. It was a difference in kids. It was a difference in parents. But then I realized that six months into it, that I was the part of the issue. Because I was having the same stress over here that I was having there. And how many of you know, if you even if you um, don't, if you don't fix you, taking you to another location doesn't fix you. <laughs> you right, just no cry you go, in a different there. location. <laughs> you're just crying and, 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 and whining in a different location. So that's all I was doing was like, what is going on? It was me. 
It was me. And I did those three things that I just said, that I just spoke about, where, whereas I reached out for help. I said, I need help. I'm, I'm drowning mentally and, and emotionally. I can't seem to get my head up above water here. And I and my job is not the problem. It's me. And that's when I made some decisions. And I started to write in my journal. I've always been a writer. And I would write down in my journal the things that made me happy, things that I wanted to do, things that I wanted to achieve, things that I wanted to, you know, achieve and, and accomplish while I was here on this new journey. And uh, through through some tears and some some late nights and a lot of prayer and a lot of, you know, meditation, you know, it started to slowly happen, but it didn't happen overnight. But it definitely wouldn't have ever happened if I didn't make that list. It would have never happened if I had talked to those people. It would have never happened if I'd never given myself permission to, you know, grieve or get myself, give myself permission to, you know, get over the fact that, you know, it's not anybody's job to make me happy. That is my responsibility. Yes, I was 40 and this is what I want. This is what I want. Why do I have it? It's because I am not opening myself up to get it because I'm closing myself off from the, the things that are making me happy, trying to give it to someone else. I'm making everybody around me happy. And I know that that sounds familiar for a lot of women out there who are listening, that we do so much for other people that we forget about our own list, the things that we enjoy that make us happy. And once I put that thing first, oh, things started to get magically. Then the magic started to happen, but I was creating it. I was creating it. Now I have the life I want. Now I have the career I want. I enjoy going to work every day. I love what I do. I love helping other people love what they do because it's usually when I talk to teachers who are in the same situation that I was in, it's a person, place, or thing. It's, if it's not a person, it's a place. It's somewhere, they, maybe it's the environment they're in. I was definitely in a toxic environment for a long time. And sometimes it's just, you know, a, a person, you just have a really, really bad boss. That happens a lot and you can't change them. So you have to figure out ways to either navigate around them or maybe move, move to another job. So I just help people navigate. And that's how the business came about. I was first doing it as, you know, a favor. I was always a mentor teacher anyway. And so I would be, I'd find myself on the phone on the weekends with these teachers trying to walk them through things, talk them out of things, talk them down from the ledge. And I'm just going to quit. Okay, well, before you do that, let's go over some things that you can do. And then I'd make them write things down and then I would write it down. And then it started, then it moved into, you know, workshops. I would talk to a group of teachers at a time. And then that moved into when the pandemic hit, it was one-on-one to one like we're doing here on Zoom. And then I would uh, talk to a few people for free because I wasn't still wasn't charging anything. I, I didn't hadn't turned it into a business just yet. I was just helping my te- my fellow teachers get through some things. And then then I went to a couple of seminars and talked to a business coach. And it was like, you know, you this is something you could be really good at. And you can really make money doing this on the side instead of being a mentor for everyone else. You can be you know, a mentor slash teacher for yourself. And then we we cultivated everything from there. And then now I have a book, I have a workshop, I have online courses, I have um, training courses and where I teach other teachers to do exactly what I do. And we're trying to expand that from there. So that's how it started. That's really cool. Isn't that awesome? Like when you hire a coach and it's like, it's just sometimes it just, you can't see it when you're in there, right? You're like, no, no, I'm just doing this for fun. I'm helping people. And it's like, no, you're doing this and this is what you're really good at. And this is your talent that you can share with the world and you can make money at the same time. (laughs) It's okay to charge people money. That was, I needed permission to tell people, someone needed to tell me that. Yep. I feel like yeah. as women in general, I feel like that's something as I've always struggled mm-hmm. with. And every time I talk to other ladies, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I really struggle with like upping my prices or like charging what I'm mm-hmm. worth. The it's premium just, prices. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Like, you know, you are worth it and charge more ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I do, the exercise that I do with the ladies is, you know, write down these four things. OK, write down your struggle. 
write it down, like write down what is number one to you, struggle, and then write down your peace and your time and then what you value. If you write down all those things and then prioritize them, put a dollar amount on them. You can't put a dollar amount on it. You find it very difficult to put a dollar amount on That's That is the exact reason you have to charge a premium for your services because those things come with you. If you value your time, you value your struggle, you all these things that come with you, if you can't put a dollar amount on it, then you have to charge the the utmost. You can't just give that away to just anybody. My time is extremely valuable, very much valuable, very much so. So I can't just give it away to everybody. Otherwise, it won't be valuable at all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's a great kind of segment. Next one. Uh, what's mm-hmm. been one of your biggest struggles getting your business up and running? Um, it, it wasn't um, um, it wasn't um, the the the, the uh, knowing what to charge people. That wasn't it for me. It was knowing that everyone is not my customer. Yes, I just assumed that everybody that came to me and asked me a question was automatically going to be my customer. When I now find it very easy to you know sit down with someone for 15 minutes and I know immediately they're not my customer. They're not someone that I can help because if they have one foot out of the door and they're determined to leave, then I can help you with by, I can help you by referring you to friends of mine who do help people transition out of the, the, um, the, the world of education. It is not my responsibility to talk someone into it because your journey is your journey. And if you're done, you're done. You know, I wasn't done. I just was saying that because I was frustrated, but is immediately after talking to someone for 15 minutes, I can tell if they're done. <laughs> and if they're absolutely done, then my God, my goal is not to talk them out of it. And then if I can't talk them into it, then I just refer them to someone else. And that is very satisfying, believe it or not. You're thinking, people will think, oh, well, isn't that money leaving the door? No, I don't want anybody to pay me. If they're, I'm not going to try to convince them. I don't want you to pay me to tell you something that that's not good for you. I want to, I want you to get the advice that you re- actually need so you can grow. I'm not in this business to make money off of just everybody. I love that. Yeah. I feel like when I first yeah. started, I was like, people are so stupid. Why are they niching down? I was like, all these people can be my customers. And then it very quickly realized like, oh, there's reasons why people niche down. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. can be so much more specialized and knowing your customer mm-hmm. is so important and you can really help people once you like really narrow it down to. And like you said, it's like not everybody's always going to be your customer. And if you take those people on, sometimes it can be, you know, really draining. bad too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Draining exactly. <laughs> because you're not the right fit for each other. Right. You're saying up and they're saying down. You're saying go. You're saying stay. And you know. <laughs> exactly. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one more question that I really want to dive into your book. So entrepreneurship okay. has many ups and downs. How do you handle the bad days? I'm having one today. I really have had it. I'm had a, I have really had a really rough day today. Um, I did not go to work because mentally speaking, I was exhausted from doing uh, three podcasts yesterday. And I was exhausted. And I was like, okay, what would I tell me to do? If I, if this was, if I was my own client, what would I tell me to do? So I have to take my own advice. And so if I put boundaries in place for myself, for, if I tell people to put boundaries in place, I have to put those boundaries in place. Is it going to serve anyone at work today? If I am not 100%, how will I already know what's going to happen if I'm not 100%. So me balancing these two careers that I have has finally hit a wall, (laughs) has been, I've been doing it for like eight months now straight. But it's finally hit a wall today. Like I've been going to work every day and then no matter how late I would stay up, I'd still go to work. Well, I, I didn't do that today. I stayed home and got some rest because I was up pretty late trying to, you know, talk to some nice people that wanted to talk to me. And that's been a very difficult thing. That time management. Like, when do I say no? 
well, I don't want to say no because, you know, they, they want to talk to me even though they're in the U.S. and they're not on my time schedule. I still want to get up at 1 a.m. and talk to them. So now I have to figure out, you know, is it going to be worth this every single time? You know, I have to, I have to figure that out. So I hit that wall absolutely within the last 24 hours. So when you ask me, how's it going? This has not been a good day for me because <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm embarrassed that I couldn't handle it all. But you know what? I'm human. I need eight hours of sleep like everyone else. And what would I tell my clients? What would I tell them? I would say sometimes you have to take a mental health day. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do for you and put yourself first. And that's what I did today. So I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. However, I didn't go to work today. I didn't go see the babies today. And I think that's going to be okay. So if I was talking to um, entrepreneurs, make sure you have your priorities in order. What's the most important thing today? The most important thing today was me. It wasn't the school. It was me. Now, tomorrow, it'll be back to the school and then back to my business and back to my clients. But today, I was the most important thing. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that because I did did what I needed to do for me. I love that. Yeah. For so Mm -hmm. long, sometimes I still feel guilty. of like, oh, I'm like not working today. And it's like, oh, if I'm not productive and it takes me four hours to do this task, like... (laughs) that I could easily just wait and do it tomorrow and it takes me 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Like, is that really helping anybody? No. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you, that to thine own self be true. You have to know yourself and you have to, if you're, if you're new um, to this, like I am, I'm still, I think I'm still pretty new three years in, I'm still pretty new and you're new to it and you still, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. I do know, however, what happens when I'm run down. I know what happens when I'm burned out. I know what happens when I'm exhausted. I know those things that happen. So I'm not going to force it because if I do, then I'm going to be cranky. I'm not going to be at my best for the kids. I'm not going to be at my best for you. I definitely wouldn't have. I would have canceled today. If I had gone to work today, I would have canceled this interview because I would have been exhausted when I got home from school. Right. So it's like I have to pick and choose which day or what do I do? So if you're new to this, do that now. Make the list of your priorities now so when these days hit you, you know exactly what you will do. Exactly. Love it. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into your book. What made yes. you want to write a book and what's your book about? Um, Teacher of the Year is, this is my second book. So this is my second book. Uh, my first book is about my life, my memoirs up until my life, uh, up until this, because I have a it's a long story for me to the long journey to get here. And this one is particularly important because of the career and the world and the state of the world instead of education. Like right now, it's like almost poignant that I have this book out um, this year. Um, this is chronicles my journey through burnout, but it also it talk about it talks about all the other people that I met along the way. I don't use real names, but they know who they are. They know if they know me, and they, <laughs> we work together. You're probably in this book, but it, it chronicles some of the teachers that I run into, and the stories that we tell, and the ways that we run ourselves into the ground. And I I remember. Uh, when I first started teaching those 20, you know, two decades ago, I remember having a mentor teacher and this woman, I talk about her in the book. This woman was, she had had, she had a stroke. She had a heart surgery. She was on, she had a walk with a cane. She walked with uh, a limp. She had had hip surgery and she couldn't wear, she was wearing wigs because I guess she had had um, her hair had fallen out through the chemo and she was every bit of like 57. And I was like, what, what, what is going on in her life that, you know, she is, you know, just her body is breaking down at 57. I don't want that. I just knew I didn't want that. I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get to not to get to that. And she had all these different jobs. 
She had all these different, she would come in in the, in the morning and not leave until night. And I'm like, it's got to be something different. I don't want to sacrifice my entire life to do this. So I remember looking at her thinking, that's not what I want. I don't, I don't, I love it, but I don't want to spend my whole day doing it. I don't want to spend my whole days and nights. And I would watch people around me just kind of disintegrate and they fall into and their job and them are the same. There is no personal life. This is their job. Their life is their job. And I remember thinking that there's got to be something different. I'm always be able to cut. I want to be able to cut off this teacher brain thing and go home. And, you know, even if there's nothing there, I still want to be there to be present at home. Um, And then I talk about in the book also the six steps that I did to get out of the burnout stage. That how you know you're in it. First, you talk about first I talk about how you know you're in it, and there's there's like this list of things that you you go through. Maybe you're you're having some sleepless nights. Maybe you're having health problems. Maybe you can't cut your brain off. Maybe you're having anxiety and depression. Maybe you are you know um, stressed out about the smallest things, and then the bigger things. You you know you you allow those things to take over your life. You don't even hear them when you get desensitized to it. There's a problem, and that was me. I was desensitized to all the things that are going on around me. I was just used to it, and that's a problem. Because eventually you, it's going to manifest itself in one way, shape, or form, either physical, mental, or emotional. It's going to come out. So when you see those signs of burnout, you know, just, you know, find some things, somebody to talk to that's going to listen to you. Because I didn't have anyone to listen to. I didn't have anyone to listen to me. Um, the people that I talked to, they're, they're my friends and their family. They mean well. They're very sweet. But they did not understand the drama and the stuff that was going on in the pool of, I have to be here for these kids, but who's going to be here for me, right? So with this book, I became the solution for someone else. I became someone else's solution. When you read my book, you will say, I can see that in me. I see that in my friend. I see that in my coworkers, or I see that in me. And I'm not going to do that. And there's six, it's six steps. But let's say one of the steps is not for you. It's fine. There's five other steps that you can go through, like asking for help or, you know, chronicling your own successes, writing down your failures and figuring out ways to avoid, you know, stress at school and how to put boundaries in place. Seriously, one of my um, subtitles or subcategories or subsections in this book is called no is a complete sentence. I teach people how to say no. Women, especially just women. I've only, I've only been a woman my whole life. I don't, I've never been a man. But women, especially, we need to learn how to say no without an excuse. When I called in today, I said, I will not be in. You don't need to know why. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you some reasons later, but you don't need to know why I'm not coming in. I don't need to explain to you that I'm having, you know, a mental breakdown and I'm just needing some sleep because I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I'll explain all that to you. No, I'm not coming in. Right. So. Some of the things in the book, very simple, very straightforward. Some things, maybe you need some extra attention. That's when, you know, I in my book, I have the my website and my phone number and my email address in case you want to contact me and we can do some things that, that I can walk you through. But some things are very straightforward. And um, I love the fact that it's interactive as well. Each chapter you can write down some of the things you learn from each chapter. That's my favorite part. My, my, my publisher made me put that in there and I was like, good, I'm glad. And I'm like, I'm a writer. Why don't I think of that myself? But yes, writing down is a journaling part, portion in my book after each uh, section and after, after each step, you write down what you will do to make that step a reality in your life. Oh, so that's just that. a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, where can we find it? It's on Amazon. 
It is on uh, the Kindle and uh, the paperback is on Amazon. If you would like a copy of the audio, I still own that. uh, that, I own that and did it myself. So I have a link for that as well, but it's not on Amazon. That's separate. But if you want the audio to go with your with your written book, because I do. Because you can't read and, and you can't read and drive. It's illegal. So you have to put the audio on in the car. So if you want the audio as well as the paperback or the e-copy, just send me an email and I'll send you the link. Perfect. That's awesome. Yep. One last question for you and then we'll wrap it up. What is your favorite book? Oh, right now? Right now. Right now. I'm reading The 48 Laws of Power. Ooh, that's a good but the 48, the, it is, but it's it's... It's not as it's not as fun as I thought it would be. So of the ones that I've read in the last year, I think my favorite book, I would have to say, is The Four Agreements. Because it's so quick, I can read it in a couple of days, and it reminds me of all the things that I just talked about. It does. I've yeah, made it these agreements simple. of my with myself, and I must keep them. Like I just talked about, you know, how what would I tell my client? Well, I have I've made my word impeccable to myself, and I've made a promise to myself that I'm going to do the things that I say tell other people to do. So I have to keep my word to myself and I can't take it personally. if People don't understand it. Right. So it, I love it because even when I get down and out, I go back and read it again and it takes about two days to go through it. I love it. So I think that's of the six books that I've read this year. I think that's my favorite one. The 48 Laws of Power. I'm only halfway through. So we'll see. Yeah, that's very, it's an intense read. It's an old read. So that one's an intense one to get through. Yeah, I think it took me yeah, a yeah, very yeah. long time to go through that one. I kind of popped it on whenever I was in the car. But sometimes I was like, oof, it's a tough one. But Four Agreements, um, I love that book. I have, like, I have it, you can't see, but I have it on my, um, next to me. Like I have the printout of all the Four Agreements too. So I constantly can Yes, yes, it, it's them. on my car. It's right, in it's my not- car. And just the four, on a little note card, just those Four Agreements, just remember those things. And I forget. I forget. You forget during the course of the day. Like, okay, you don't take that personally. That's not something that's, that is not even about you. Just don't take it personally. But it's a good thing to have. It's a good, wonderful thing to have. And seven, the seven habits of highly effective people. I love hearing his voice. Read that to me. I love his voice. And I know he's passed away recently, but I love to hear Stephen Covey talk. And um, uh, yeah, I read both of his books, Seat of the Soul and this one. Yeah, they're great too. I know. I love reading. So I always love to ask what people read. <laughs> awesome. um, well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, where can people find you? Oh, uh, you can go to my website and all of my information is there. Copies of the book, um, even excerpts of the book. The audio version of the book is there, www.imkendria.com. Um, all of my information is there. Um, just if you go on that website, just let me know. I get a lot of context through that. So just send me an email, shoot me an email, say, hey, I want the uh, the audio version. I got the email, ebook. I want the audio version to go with it. And I'll send you the link. Awesome. Or just if you want to just sit down and have a chat. Cool. Yeah. And I also will have the link in the show notes too. So check them out yes. there. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on here today. Thank you, Miss Marie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast. Thank you.